0: Feral audio. Oh, millennials! You hear this? Listen to this. Rebecca Black is your Bob Dylan. I
1: don't know if she's a millennial. I think wasn't she born in like 2001? I don't know. She's a new generation. Who cares? That's yeah, true. Post millennials. Is that a thing?
0: Now it is. It's like Generation Z or something. Doesn't matter. I'm just. Well, it comes, comes after Z.
2: Hey, oh, you hey. just blew our minds. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll continue. Every generation after this is still going to be Z. I mean, I am i think I'm technically
0: considered millennial, depending on what calendar you look at. I'm like, I'm not Gen X or not.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not a millennial in the Chinese New Year calendar, though. Yeah. We just missed it. Anyways, millennials, right? They're the worst. Yeah, them and their smartphones. Yeah.
0: See, listen, I know everyone likes Friday. But do you have to be this terrible at it? You want a party, but it's but it's like you haven't worked for it. It's like it's just expected because yesterday was Thursday and tomorrow is Saturday and Sunday comes afterwards.
2: <laughs> uh, What's funny about this song is that she needs auto tune to do this.
0: <laughs> Imagine how bad it would be without it. So listen, Millennials. Probably
1: sounds something like Dave sounds right now. Yeah. Hey, aloha, Dave's here. Hey. The Skype. Hey, everyone. So listen, Millennials. Hello
0: from three hours earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you're from a delay and you can't see me talking, so shut up. All right, he shut up. Uh, okay, Millennials, you got to work hard at your unpaid internships to earn that Friday. And even then, uh, someone is always going to get in the way. Teachers, bosses, I assume mayors, and the president? Yeah. Yep. yep. These, these are tough times. you got to hit the streets and demand your right to party. Oh, probably the deans, too. Deans? Yeah. yeah. Crooked deans? Yeah. But luckily, luckily luckily, for you, another generation of kids paved the way to help lead you through these dark times. The kids are the hippies and the yuppies who lived through the Reagan years. <clears throat> That's right, millennials. Don't go quietly into that good night. Who cares if you are in the front seat or the back seat? Rage. Rage against the dying of the rock and roll music. Get out there and make yourself heard. If you want to party, you got to par-test. Beyond
1: Yacht Rock. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. We're the podcast on the internet that creates musical genres each and every week counts down the top 10 songs in each genre. That's true. Here's a slow burner. We like to start each episode with a Yacht Rock song. By the way, my name is JD Riznar.
0: Hello, I'm Hollywood Steve. This is Hunter. I'm the captain
1: today. And out there hey, in Hawaii. I'm Dave. Oh, oh. Hey, Aloha. <laughs> aloha, Dave. Um, so wow, wow, Hawaiians every, every week we pay tribute to Yacht Rock with a, a bone throat of Yacht Rock fans. David, what are we listening to here?
3: This one's called Can't Hide Love by J.P. Morgan from 1976. You can't hide love. No, no, you can't. Uh, Try as one might. Uh, This one's borderline for me, but I kind of felt it was worth talking about. (laughs) <laughs> uh it's it's early and we all know JP Morgan is of course is a regular as a Gong Show guest alongside the incomparable Jamie Farr. I never knew why she was worried of a Gong Show panel until recently. It turns out she was a pretty famous singer and financier.
2: Sorry. What? And financier. Sorry. It was a terrible joke, no, Dave. I interrupted he, you. He, yeah, terrible. I totally
3: interrupted and with the delay. And I, and uh, if I can interrupt you also. Actually was a treasurer in her uh, high school. Um, oh, Student Council? Uh, student ca- yeah, and that's where she got the name JP, because her real last name is Morgan.
0: And if I can interrupt uh, you for a second, uh, I recently was watching like the free game show network of some sort that's on, that's on free uh, over the air, and it was the episode where uh, I believe JP Morgan flashed her breasts to the yeah. crowd and got kicked off of the gong show. Yeah, it's
3: a famous clip. She was 48 when she did that. Hey,
0: she had yeah. a party.
3: Yeah. Well, it turns out she was a pretty famous singer back in the 50s with songs like Just a Gigolo and probably other things that David Lee Roth would go on to rock. Uh, but it wasn't until 1976 that she dipped a toe into the somewhat yachty waters with a song, as I said, Can't Hide Love.
1: Uh, well, now, i got, to... I got to say that, that? this... The smell test here told me that this was slow funk or disco other than yacht rock but two things make me feel like maybe this is a yacht rock song. Um probably I'll uh, be probably one in the low 50s on the on the yacht rock scale. One, it's from 76 so it gets a pass like the true sound hadn't emerged yet so it's close and there's two Bonanza personnel. I mean <laughs> go ahead, I'll let you two continue. Bonanza. I'll let you continue. Oh, there. There's
3: there's a whole lot more than two. Yep. Um, this, I wanted to ask this question because it is close to me. But if it's close, can personal put it over the edge? And I think it can. Here's my case. The album was produced by David Foster. As J.D. said, background singing on the songs by Bill Champlin. He also arranged it. You got guitar by Ray Parker Jr. Jake Brady programmed the synths. Other artists on the album include Lee Rittenauer, David Hungate, and even some backing by Kenny Foggins, although not on this specific song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, even though she has kind of a Rick James disco crown. I think that the music, the production, and the personnel are enough to get her on the boat. What do you guys think?
1: I think so, too. I misread my thing. It wasn't two personnel. It was point .2. It has Bonanza personnel. And along with oh. Bill Champlin uh, having to do this song, the Champlettes sing background vocals. Yeah. And to refresh in new listeners, the Champlettes are Bill Champlin pretending to be black women. Yeah. And doing a credible job of it. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we went through many a song listening to the
0: Champlets and not knowing it. We just thought there was pretty good backup black old female singers in the background. <laughs> nope. Black-up singers.
1: Uh, no. Uh, no. No, I don't know. No? no. <laughs> no but... I don't know if this is a Yacht Rock song. It's like, I, don't wanna... I don't like this part, but the rest I'm cool it's, with. It's full, yeah, of, it's full of disco cliches, but I'm going to give it a pass because I miss you, Dave. Oh, thanks, pal. No problem. I like those
2: breaks on here. Yeah, that, that little horn fanfare. The that was yeah. like lifted straight from an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Uh, um, I mean, I can I can do without all the disco strings on this, but I think there's enough to get this on the boat, chord change
1: wise and all yeah, that. I think sure. it, yeah. I'd, I'd give it a 59. Brody plays it, I'm not mad. I'd give it a 55.
3: I guess. Yeah, I'm a little higher at 62, but that's because I chose it.
0: I'll
1: say uh I'll say 54. All right, yeah. we're not going to calculate that, but that's the yard mark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Good job, Dave.
2: Hunter, hey, you wanna thanks, talk, everybody.
1: You want to talk about partying? Yeah. I mean, no.
0: Uh, okay, well, I'm going to make this short and sweet. You guys can jump in here, but there's not a lot of points to make. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept. Uh, so, part test songs, plainly. These are protest songs about partying. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, a little bit more. This here, Party for Your Right to Fight my uh, Public Enemy, is about a different kind of party. This is a Black Panther party. Ah, sounds great. Uh, ah. It, it, it's serious and worthwhile and helpful, uh, but not what. But it's not what part test songs are about. This is actually one would make consider it a protest song. Yeah, just uh, straight up Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, protest songs have a long tradition. They are a timeless medium used to demand change, whether it be anti-war, minority rights, cultural acceptance, animal rights, or environmentalism. Their goal is to make a difference and are usually at the forefront of social change. This is all good things. Part test songs are about partying and rocking out. So it's more like this. And I, I do want to mention I picked that first song because it is it is turning what would be the part test song on its head to into
2: a back into it comes full circle yes. into, back into a straight up protest yeah. song.
1: But we're gonna we're gonna cut that circle in half and we're gonna listen to songs like this. Here it goes. Now we're taking those streets. We got signs in our hands. Yeah. We want a party. Yeah. In this case, yeah. we want fun. By Andrew W.K. Yeah. Uh so there's lots
0: of songs about partying. Uh, but partest songs, these songs demand the right to party for all. Uh, they motivate and they inspire. They involve the masses in a populist uprising. Yep. Uh, some are more myopic than others, but it's all—it's all—it's always done for the for a collective gain, uh, for more and better parties. Uh, this Andrew W.K. song, We Want Fun, is a perfect example of a part-test song. It's not from the golden era, uh, which would be the Reagan years, so it's uh, most likely post-part-test, but nevertheless mm. learned and did it right.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you can, if you need to pin part-test songs to an era.
0: Well, I'm, I'm saying like a, the golden age. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to listen to the golden age of part-test songs. Um... Uh, so what are we looking for? Simply, we want chants. We want uh, that involve the crowd. We want demands. Demands and for parties. De- demands for parties. Parties and making uh, and things that might make the party better for that person and, and their friends, if you will, or for everybody. Uh, and most importantly, we need a lot of call and responses. Call and responses. Yes. <laughs> That guy knows what I'm talking about. Talking about! Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all we— need, uh, all of this happens for the, the need to party and rock and do things that the stuffed shirts would otherwise scoff at. I hate
2: those fucking stuffed
0: shirts, man. Exactly. Let's ruffle their feathers.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, this one's easy. Let's get into it and have lots of fun. Wait, real quick. Dave Check, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I love it. Let's count down.
3: bumpers already
1: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, alright yeah guys a lot of weird L lately Uh, this is my first personal favorite of his and I have to say I really love when he does a non-parody uh, this is Dare to Be Stupid, the title track from his 1985 album Dare to Be Stupid. It was also on the Transformers the movie soundtrack. Wow, I uh, didn't realize that. Yes, yeah, so this was uh, considered pastiche, and now I know what that means because I looked it up, mm-hmm. uh, rather than parody. Uh, and this is of the Devo variety. It's a Devo pastiche. Yes, uh, Mark Moth- Mothersbaugh was said to be jealous at how well he nailed the sound.
3: I've been a lot of use of the word
2: pastiche lately. Yeah, I threw it out there once, and now it's like caught on like wildfire. Yeah,
1: luckily goofballs hasn't caught on. Yeah, hey, goofball. Hey, I love it when Weird Al does these style satires. There's a, there's another one. My favorite is Dog Eat Dog. It's a Talking Heads pastiche style satire. What? Sa- style yeah. set Style satire. Yeah. Uh, it's another one that I, it's it's like. It's so existential that if it weren't for the jokey lines, I think it would be a talking head song. He does yeah, a good job. Yeah, same thing with uh, that from his last album. He did that
2: Pixies takeoff called First World Problems. That was like another another good Weird Al style pastiche. Let's say pastiche again. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like if he
0: did a whole album of pastiche. Yeah. Or just been, been comfortable enough in his own abilities to just kind of do his own songs and he can be influenced. Hey, Weird Al.
1: Try it out. Yeah. See how it fits. Um, this song is, is Weird Al's thesis statement. This is a great part test. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, let's uh, go. A
0: little background on Weird Al, because we never really did a full thing on him. Um, he's a multimedia satirist. I think it's the best way to put it, because um, he has lots of talents. Uh, he's straight out of Linwood, which is just north of Compton, uh, north of Compton. He got the name Weird Al at Cal Poly, where he was a disc jockey for the radio station. Um, he's first and foremost an acc- accordion player, and would go to coffee shop amateur nights and interrupt the stupid acoustic guitar uh, songs that that college guys would play uh, with his brand of zaniness. So in other words, he's a hero. Yeah. Yes. Uh, He was a disciple of Dr. Demento and credits him for his music career. Uh, There's a ton more to talk about, uh, but he was definitely a rare bird. Um, As far as the song goes, Weird Al, while a nerd, uh, let's loose in his own way. And uh, he always struck me as someone who doesn't drink or do drugs. Uh, This song uh, definitely mentions things you could do while possibly being inebriated. Uh, So this is definitely a song about partying. What I really like is that uh, while not making demands from the powers that be necessarily, it inspires us to dare to party, which is important. Uh, before you can achieve, you must dream. Uh, It has this great call-and-response ending to really bring
1: that power test to the forefront. It demands to stop thinking so hard and just let loose and drop your self-consciousness and just do fun stuff. It's no different than Andrew W.K.'s message. Uh, Only this one is catered to nerds who love a good 80s comedy pop culture reference.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I remember this is from before nerds ran the economy and had every major movie studio catering to their pop culture tastes. Like, it was still mildly rebellious to try and party as a nerd, because maybe somebody's going to, like, take you in the bathroom and try to give you a swirly or something. But it's also even more rebellious for a nerd to be stupid. (laughs) It goes against every fiber of our identity. Like, our strongest points are our brains. (laughs) It willfully negates our strong points, and it forces us to try and join the rest of humanity, which we grow up half-suspecting we aren't
1: even related to, which is why we're all into, like, aliens and witches and that kind of shit. And the definition of nerd kind of comes from, like, a nerd wanting that desire to be cool and to move above nerdiness, and then in relativeness to cool people, they look shitty and different. But if you just embrace... It and say, I'm stupid, I'm a stupid nerd, then suddenly you're cool.
2: And some of the best comedy in the world comes from very smart people being really, really stupid. Yes, absolutely. Thank you,
3: A few months ago, maybe it was about a year ago, uh, I was at one of those meltdown comedy shows, and Weird Al showed up, and he brought a, uh, a four-piece, or uh, he brought a string quartet with him. And perform this song in a very soulful way live on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Not only was it incredible, but there was some pretty amazing comedians there that night, and it was it was amazing to see how affected everybody was. It's like there were nothing but fans in that room, and this is what 30 years yeah. after he's done it, he's uh, a heart holds up, and he's still just an icon. And you'll never meet a nicer guy.
1: Yes, I will. <laughs>
3: No, you will not. You will not. He also played Hitler on drunk history stuff. So was... Listen to this intro. Okay. This is a car starting. Yes, it being is. He played on guitar.
0: That's right. He's not. He's not incorrect. Everybody, this is a car. Uh, a car starting. Yeah, uh, that's some Steve Vai level shit right there. Yes.
1: This is a Oh, you guys ever see... I'm sorry, real quick. Did you guys ever see that video of a Steve Vai fan sending... A creepy female Steve Vai fan sending him a, uh, a video message? Like she was a stalker and she's no. naked and she's got her legs spread out. And, she, and she's like, hey, Steve, I can make noises with my pussy like you can with my guitar. And then she like queefs for a minute. What? <laughs> it's very disturbing. <laughs> well, I no, look that that I'm that not going to look that up. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, well, so I'll get this out of the way. This is Come On, Let's Go by Girl School. Um, this is very light on demands, but heavy on motivation to the part test crowd. Uh, these, this is an all-girl new wave of British heavy metal band. Um, this is from their 1981 album Hit and Run. Hit uh, and Run. This one really feels like a nod to, say, like a "Hey Ho, Let's Go" by the Ramones, which one might say is proto-partest, and you can definitely Absolutely. hear the influence of somebody like the Do- on somebody like the Donnas
1: and their brand of po- post-partest or whatever you want to call it. New that. generation, new generation, yeah, sure. I always thought Girl School was an ironically named hair metal band of dudes. Turns out. It's a heavy metal band of girls. Yes. Yeah. See, it's confusing because Britney Fox, which is a girl's
2: name, <laughs> had a song called "Girls' School," but they were all dudes. Yeah, my mind's blown.
3: All these Yeah, boys- we really need to get to that ladies' of hair metal episode to straighten all this out. Uh,
0: so, "Girls' School" uh, at the time was Kim McAuliffe on rhythm guitar, Kelly Johnson on lead, Enid Williams on bass, McCallum. and McAuliffe, like the Astros. McAuliffe? Astronaut. Okay, Kim McAuliffe on rhythm guitar. And uh, Denise DeFort on drums. Uh Girl School took its origins as an all-rock, all-girl rock cover band uh, Painted Lady in 1975 out of the how do you say it again? McAuliffe. McAuliffe, McAuliffe And the DeFort the who would go uh, they would go on to form Girl School, uh, taken from the name of a wing song. Uh, it, in 1978, they would catch the eye of Lemmy and you would invite them to open for Motorhead, thus cementing their rock careers, which was very, very long. They're still going today. Uh, it's difficult to cover everything as they've been around for 40 years, uh, making kick-ass rock and roll. Um, Sounds like Motorhead. <laughs> and, uh, but they're really known for, uh, their, you know, really punching heavy metal misogyny in the balls, uh, giving voice to women rockers in a time where their presence was definitely minimized.
3: This song is fucking dynamite. Does anybody else there a little bit of Highway Star in
1: there? I guess, I guess you hear that in a lot of rock and roll songs. Yeah. So it's called rock and roll, Dave. Anyway. So,
3: Highway
1: Star, uh, never mind. Um, so this one, it's kind of about living life to the fullest by driving super fast down the highway. And it really scares me when people drive really fast down the highway. Like, I feel like they're murderers in their souped up Hondas off to stab someone in the face. Uh, hard pass on this par test from Mister Rizzy. I don't want to do it, but I will say that highway speeding is a good par test because it's breaking the law, but not so not a hard, terrible law. So it's kind of like civil disobedience, you know, like like handcuffing yourself to the library because they charge too much for overdue books. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, so Unless so, you cause an accident and somebody dies, then it's vehicular manslaughter.
1: But your 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 point will have been heard
0: loud and clear. That's right. Uh, so I chose this for a couple of reasons. One, uh, girl's school could party. Uh, and two, this song's ha- song has an awesome call and response that engages the audience fully. In particular, a female call and response looking for action in their lives, which for the time, uh, while not being super overt against the patriarchy, is a test in its own right. And uh, this, And as a reminder, also, this song kicks ass.
1: What? Steve had something else to say, but I changed. I, the I skipped it because it oh. didn't seem important. You don't have to call it out. Okay. <laughs> I felt rude. It felt rude because normally I check with everyone. Continue. Okay.
0: Uh, here's a song that would be considered satire when you were young, but very relevant as you get older and still want to think of yourself as a partier. Uh, this is Black Flag with TV Party from 1981's Damaged. Uh, fun fact, this was recorded by Black Flag three different times. Uh, this one is from Damaged, uh, but then an EP in 1982, and then uh, uh, in 1984 for the Repo Man soundtrack with different shows depending on the year. And Dave, doesn't... Uh, didn't Henry Rollins do a version of this, like, a few years ago? They had, like, updated yeah, he stuff. He
3: did one in 2012 and updated all the shows.
2: Yeah. Did he change Monday Night Football to Sunday Night Football? Because, <laughs> like, yeah, all the Monday Night, Monday night games days. suck now.
3: Yeah, like me, he thinks it's all fucking boring, so it doesn't really matter. Uh,
0: uh, so this is a uh, Henry Rollins' era Black Flag, which... Uh, it's kicked off with their first studio album, this is this one, uh, they had they had been around for five years by this point, uh, Dave probably has something about to say about this transition, um, uh, but before I believe the core band was Greg Ginn on guitar, Chuck Dukowski on bass, and Robo who replaced Brian Migdahl on drums. As for vocalists, they went through Keith Morris, who uh, would form the Circle Jerk, super fan Ron Reyes, who would quit the band in the middle of the show, and Des Kadana who would move to rhythm guitar and damage. Uh, and then finally they get Rollins, who's a DC punk, he would take the lead and somewhat stabilize the band for uh, for a few years. But let's be honest, Greg Ginn is Black Flag and would write the bulk of their
1: material, including this. I agree
3: with everything you
1: said. Uh, I'd have a hard time not joining this par test. It's like, hey, Trump is banning kids from going to school, and let's have a TV party. I'm in the streets with a sign either way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a TV party is anthemic and gets the crowd involved. It's, it's a great
0: part test. Uh, not really but necessarily making demands with, by the flag saying, uh, we're here, we're watching Cheers, get used to it. <laughs> yep, that's, that's accurate. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the time, uh, big government was really trying to pull people away from the boob tube and get some exercise, but not these punks. Uh, they'll be right on the couch to chillax. As they
2: should be. Yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, now I know you're baiting me. But I don't know what I'm more annoyed with the the fact that you're completely misrepresenting this song or if it was that stupid fucking portmanteau that you (laughs) used
0: Hey, hey, he now acknowledges portmanteaus, everybody. Yeah.
1: We're also all wearing Jimmy Buffett t-shirts
2: today. Yeah. You just can't see us. <laughs> but yeah, Hunter, you make a really good point, because, you know, given, given the stress and hurly-burly of modern life, the ever-increasing demands placed on the workforce under our predatory capitalist system, I can't think of anything more rebellious and punk than refusing to work, refusing to be productive, and just sitting on the couch, watching my favorite TV shows, having a couple of brews, you know... It's it's such a relief to not have anything better to do at all. Well done, Black Flag. This song, <laughs> right up on the surface, truly captures the rebellious spirit of punk rock. Yes, I see why Dave loves it so much. Yes. Exactly.
3: You are either clearly baiting me or have no idea of the true spirit that captures punk rock. I'm going to call it a little column A, a little bit of column B. Bevan. 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 Ben,
2: ben, 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 ben. Wow, Artie, Dave well, said baiting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sounds like Steve Winwood's synth in those yeah. bumpers. Yeah,
1: more Artie. Hey, hey guys, we Let's are all party. We're all excellent, excellent baiters. Yeah, we are. Yep. Kind of the Love best. Like the, like the best. We're like the best ones. We we're the ones who yeah. teach others. Yeah, we've achieved
3: the, the top level.
1: Speaking of baiters,
2: uh, <laughs> the,
0: let me start at the top of this song and say, These guys hate sausage parties. Uh, but with a song like this, I think that's all they're going to get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is Two Live Crew with We Want Some Pussy uh, from the 1986 album, The Two Live Crew Is What We Are. Uh, and it's probably this song that got a record store clerk arrested for corruption of a minor for selling this album in Florida. What
1: the song's about? Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Adopting feral kittens from high-kill shelters, yeah. perhaps? Uh, yeah, help them find their forever uh, homes before they're <laughs> destroyed.
0: <laughs> uh, so, two life crew... Um, I think they were briefly mentioned in the Rock Band's episode. On this album, the crew is Brother Marquis, a fresh kid, Ice, Mr. Mix, and Luke Skywalker, who is their most famous member, I'd say. Well, because he's from Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They're they're known for being from Miami, but they actually started in California, Riverside, I believe. Riverside! Uh, Without Luke or Brother uh, Marquis. Uh, they had a minor hit in, in when they when they were making music out in uh, California, they had a minor hit in Florida, so they moved to Miami, well, uh, they did. which is where, where it all came together. Uh, Luke was originally their manager, but took over and sent them in this sleazy direction, which worked because uh, their controversial lyrics made them uh, a word-of-mouth hit. Uh, I looked up and apparently local taco snob, Steve Huey, wrote their biography on all music. And I would I don't remember <laughs> writing this, but I know I did. But Steve, I would love I would love a live reading of this, like a
2: fancy book author uh, doing it. So please all right. Steve. Alright, all right. you you, you helpfully copied and pasted this right here. Yes. I'll I'll go through with this. Okay. So on the subject of two like through they were responsible for popularizing the booming, hard driving sound of Miami bass music, and they were the founding fathers of a populist, there's that word again, yes, populist dance oriented rap subgenre that relied on simple, explicit chants and up tempo, rump shaking grooves appropriately dubbed booty rap. Yes.
0: <laughs>
3: If you've
2: never met or heard Steve before, this paragraph is a pretty good summation. Of you know, the genre or of me? Of uh, you. Um, everything. This, is, this but is why we love you. I, I, I I'll Also, I think everyone here should do a reading of something they wrote in their early 20s. Dave oh. is Dave has already read enormous chunks of his Marina Rock script. Yeah, but I want to say your stuff is actually good. <laughs> and I also wanted to hear you say booty rap.
1: <laughs> and also the way Steve was was speaking, I worked at All Music Guide. That's exactly how everybody talks in All Music Guide. <laughs> We have a new CD from U2. Who would like to do data entry on it? That's what, That was my job, data entry. That's why my bosses would talk.
0: Uh, well, I feel like, Steve, that paragraph really was about power tests songs like yeah it's yeah they're these guys are daring to be really really stupid yes and and they're and they're chanting they got call
2: and response they're populous yeah there's like there's like a whole on uh, as nasty as they want to be there's one song just devoted to like shouting out frats and saying like fuck that frat fuck this <laughs> other frat uh, yeah, it's all chanting. So
0: you know, as you were saying, I think this is they're they're calling for uh, for for people having cat parties, which is an idea. I just want to get on my soapbox and say is an idea I've been having for a really long time. I, I think that dogs shouldn't have all the fun with their parks and their pool parties. Yeah. Uh, I think cats should get in on that, and everybody should uh, invite oh, your friends
3: oh, and oh, their oh, cats oh, yeah. over. Dogs have pool parties?
0: Yeah.
1: Spruds McKenzie and whatnot.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I'll get it. Hey, he just said, "Let's have group sex and do the Rambo." I know. This guy. This seems like one dude part testing a lady not having sex with him, and then when he says, "Let's have group sex," then I'm like, "Okay." At least he's drawing from the power of the collective. Yeah, it's you know, because women in general,
2: to make a broad generalization, tend to be much more socially attuned than men, and uh, group norms can exert a powerful influence thanks to our evolutionary biology. Our Our need to survive in groups And uh, creating a social norm In which everyone has sex Is a very smart, very effective move Uh, Does anyone know how to do the Rambo, because I assume there's a machine gun <laughs> metaphor involved in that. I'm uh, unfamiliar with the term, however. I, I would imagine I would it would multiple
3: shots fired in succession. Okay. Oh, okay, so
0: yeah, that's not it's what I would expect. I actually think it's uh, having PTSD and getting run out of town by a corrupt sheriff. <laughs>
2: that is the hottest sex act in the world. If
3: the, uh, if the fornicator didn't look like a drifter, maybe he wouldn't have that problem.
1: <laughs> well, then you wouldn't be doing the Rambo so what the fuck is the point can you imagine what this part test would look like it would be 10,000 late 80s Floridian rappers taking to the streets and demanding pussy it would be the most glorious and horrifying thing all at the yeah. same time not everybody's idea of a party yeah. but my first my first question to these guys would be um, don't you guys get pussy all the time oh wait you're lying in your raps yeah. my apologies carry on
3: well, wait a minute. Are you saying that their their boasts aren't even true?
1: Probably not. They're more aspirational,
2: I think. Yeah. Oh,
3: it, like, a, like a vision board. Yeah, yeah. This,
2: <laughs> a- yeah. A lot of Two Life Crew songs are like vision boards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i all clip from the pages of Hustler. Yeah.
2: Uh. Like, if you listen to The Fuck Shop... That's definitely a vision board song right there. And I just yeah, want everybody yeah. to
0: know that I really, really looked for a female equivalent of this song because I wanted to play it after this one. Uh, and I found stuff like, say, My Neck, My Back by uh, Kaya, really. um, uh, no, but no Test songs for dongs. Uh, so if you know any uh, out there in podcast land, send them to me. I'd love to uh, shout them out later.
2: Stop. And
0: dog shots. Yeah, and, and dog shots. Yeah, yeah.
2: So. Also pictures, not just songs.
0: All right. I feel like you can get through this one because it's pretty straightforward and uh, it doesn't rock that hard. But uh, this is uh, this song exemplifies a good point: rocking and partying are interchangeable. They can be freely substituted uh, 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 depending on which sounds better. Uh, like this song, Raise Your Hand to Rock by Motley Crue. This is off their 1985 album, Theater of Pain, uh, which I'd say is an uneven album. A lot
1: of people would say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but this is a pretty decent part test song, I'd have say. Wait, hold on a second. Wait a second. Are you trying to tell me... After paying 300 bucks for tickets for me and my date to go see your washed up band act, you still require one more task out of me before you are going to rock. Yeah, I don't understand why
2: I need permission. Like isn't the act of rocking a transgression already? Like this is like making people go, teacher, teacher, may I please violate the rules? <laughs> yes. like, this is theater of lame, more like.
1: Are you are you ass-
2: assuming that ho-
0: raising your hand to rock is like asking a question? Will you rock?
1: No, we will not rock until you raise your hand. Oh, you, that that's what they're saying. Yeah, we want gotcha. to know you're all on board before we're gonna we're gonna bless you with our rock and roll show. Okay, well we I got Tommy Lee hooked up to a dumb roller coaster, and he's gonna go round. Round unless you don't raise your hands. I, I don't think that's what they were going for. Okay. But I, Yeah, I, mean, I thought they were going for a permission thing, like we're in cla- like
2: we're in rock and oh, roll class. Yeah,
0: no, I think they're like uh, fists in the air, like almost like rock power. Like let's all get involved, but who
1: knows? I guess Motley Crue isn't the strongest writers when it comes to utilizing the English language. Uh, English. <laughs> yeah, the English language. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. We're into speak English, JD.
2: Uh I, I, it's, it, the, the, the,
0: the main focus of this is that it's, uh, it's it's against the normalization of not partying or rocking, um, which is, is I think is something we face every day. Um, and, I, you know, I was going to go into the album. I don't really need to go into it. Uh, but I just want to say that uh, no, before anybody asks no, Home Sweet Home is not a Yacht Rock song just because... Jai (laughs) Binding And Max Carl A.K.A. Max Gronenthal Are on the album Just want to get that out there Somebody asked Yeah it's not
3: the first Metal ballad either
1: Although it was the first Metal ballad to be played On MTV You really know how to Rock Anything else guys? Nah I don't know I have have a quick story About uh, Motley
2: Crue When I was working at AMG Uh Someone working for them, or their label or something, I don't remember exactly, uh, they tried to get us to remove the parts of the Motley Crue bio where we talked about <laughs> Vince Neil's DUI vehicular manslaughter and Tommy Lee's arrest for spousal abuse. The manslaughter was this album that, in, in, that was at this time. Yeah, and the pre-written yeah, bio it, that Rudy they... killed the guy from Saigon Kick or something? Yeah, the drummer. No, Hanoi Rocks. Oh, Hanoi I'm Rocks. sorry, yeah, Hanoi Different city in Vietnam, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same <And> idea. <laughs> at least
3: my misinformation is... is
2: Based in in fact
1: there, it's a that's an honest confusion. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that wasn't
3: me just pulling
2: shit out of my ass. Yeah, Actually, it was both.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, the pre written bio that this publicist person wanted us to run in place of the one we had written. Uh, it was all about their bad boy image. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you think Motley Crue got a bad boy image? What's, They're uh, actual bad boys.
0: Oh, you know what? I do want to mention one thing that's on this album. Uh, speaking of their bad boy image, the this is the second to last song. The last song is an actual protest song <laughs> about racial equality. <laughs> oh, that's God.
2: fantastic. Uh,
1: it's called uh, fight for
2: except your, probably in practice, it's, it's called not. Fight for Your
1: Rights. It's called uh, Hire Some Black Guys into Your Hair Metal Bands. Uh, oh, wait, that never happened. Break a line, break
3: from
1: in a track, here we go. <laughs> Ooh, that's a new clap. Began on the I kind of like that clap. Experimenting a little. All right, here's one I missed from Camaro Summer. It hits all the marks. Uh, it even appears in Friday the 13th in a scene with a Camaro. I blew it. This might have been the number one song of Camaro Summer. It's so perfect. I remember downloading this song on something like Napster in 2002. Uh, it might have been Napster. It was in heavy... rotation. It, it was. In, I think it was Napster. But this was on heavy rotation on my computer. This is actually the song I was looking for when I put together Camaro Summer, but I didn't realize it when I came up with the Camaro Summers. Genre. Uh, she's my slippery whale. It's Hard Rock Summer by Alice Cooper from Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Jason lives, or it's called Jason Lives. Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Who cares? The movie sucks. Which is
0: the one with uh, with Kevin Bacon? One. Uh, that th- was
1: one.
3: Yeah. It was I one? think in this one, a uh, fat girl eating a banana. She gets stabbed in the back of the throat. The so knife comes out of the front. And you see a chunk of the
0: banana on the knife. That's the only interesting part about it. <laughs> Alright, cool. Is and, and three is when he gets his mask, right? I don't know. Yeah.
3: I also think he picks somebody up in a sleeping bag and beats him against the tree. That was kinda cool. That, yeah, song, I think that was in
1: four yeah. Is that okay, that's the that's the thing that happened in this one. Um, so to recap Camaro Summer, it's about it's music about summer, and cars, freedom, weekends, America, et cetera, et cetera. The song hits all the marks, uh, but it makes me wonder when exactly was Alice Cooper actually scary and cool? Because a lot of this stuff is pretty light and easy and kind of lame in the context of what a spooky music dude's music should sound like. I think this song was written for Friday the 13th 4, and it was only released years later on an Alice Cooper hits compilation. Or it may have been an, an, an actual album. I don't know. I don't care enough to look it up. But when you're making a scary movie in a creatively dying but financially thriving franchise, you must find a song from a rocker with a reputation for being scary as fuck. So they turned to Alice Cooper because of his spooky makeup? I mean... He did one other song for the soundtrack called He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask, which also isn't very scary. But this song flew under the radar even though it's more badass and also not scary at all. It's weirdly extra-diegetic music that comes in while the teens in the Camaro are evading some cops. It's a weird song to be part of the score and not actually coming out of the Camaro. Um, But oh well. I'll say that... uh uh, Alice Cooper was scary because he made a song like Billion
0: Dollar Babies, which was about the potential of a billion billionaire baby taking over the government and appointing other billionaire babies as his thing. And people were afraid of that. Now that's our reality. Cool. Oh yeah, like the movie
2: Boss
1: Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Soon to be in theaters near you. In theaters near you. you? Oh yeah, by the time this airs, it will be in theaters near you. It's probably in the Dollar Theater by the time this airs, because we are ahead of time.
3: (laughs) It's a good song, though. I'm so excited to get into Alice Cooper, because he was supposed to be super scary and edgy. Then I bought an album, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was about as scary as, I don't know, like a big old puppy pool party. And it wasn't until (laughs) high school that I sort of appreciated the music. It was the exact same thing that happened with the cults.
0: Uh, he's, he's kind of, he's proto-partest, I'd say, because he did crazy things on stage to scare parents, yeah, like bite, yeah. like, oh I'm gonna do this, I'm dare to be stupid, bite a bat's head. School's
2: Out can kind of be seen as, you know, yeah. an, an early
1: yeah. entry in the proto-partest. Yeah. So, um, by the time Friday the 13th Part 4 came out, and, and uh, I say part lightly... They didn't go together very well. Watching them in order isn't very (laughs) satisfying. It's not like watching a a series on Netflix on a binge. But this franchise, it wasn't even scary anymore at this point. The late 80s, they were a very, very stupid time for horror franchises. This and Nightmare on Elm Street were just goofy at this point. And I think the song sums up the vibe perfectly. Young, dumb, and full of Jason's not scary rubber machete. Heyo! Oh. Ocean City Defender giving us this bumper, or giving us this bed, man. That guy has some talent for this one song. Bumpers today were created by Desmond Jones Band from Get This Fellas, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, Beer City, USA. Follow them on Twitter at DesmondJonesGR. They're on a Midwest and East Coast tour right now. If you're listening to this app on release day, they'll be playing Lansing, Ferndale, Kalamazoo, Michigan in the next few days. Detroit on 414. Toronto on 426. New York City on 426 as well. Wow. In That's gonna be hard. <laughs> How do they do that? I don't know. I wonder if that was a typo. I just I just I just cut and pasted what he sent me. In Baltimore 5.3. Woo! Go to DesmondJonesBands. DesmondJonesBand.com for the deets. You make bumpers, you get plugs. That's what we do in Plug Uh yes, it's some uh,
0: Patreon nicknames. You ready for this guys? Let's do it. Never am. I, you just <laughs> got to do it, though. I uh, did this really late last night. So. All right. That'll be good, then. Here we go. Uh, we got Matthew Pignut Hickory stump. <laughs> By the way, that's a real tree. I just want you to know. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to ask
2: what where the pignut came that's from.
0: That's a real tree. I don't know. Somewhere in the south. Um... <laughs> Clearly <laughs> <laughs> that's,
3: that's your, that's your uh, Somewhere in the south oh.
0: and we all
1: accept it uh, Joe the Rabid Pickle Donahue uh, Matt Cummingbird Did you ever have a hummingbird fly really close to your ear? Sounds like a chainsaw Probably the same deal when Matt comes too close to your face <laughs> Yeah, Matt Cummingbird
0: Um, Kelly Hoops and Poops Dwyer (laughs) Uh, Pat the Italian Stereotype O'Sullivan (laughs) Top of the fucking morning to you there, pal Uh, Chris Fuzzy Muscles Braun And Matthew Mario Kart and Bart
1: (laughs) I hate Mario Kart I fucking hate it Why did they give me that nickname? I fucking hate Mario Kart so much The game sucks Hey, that's what you get yeah, that's what you get Patreon <laughs> that's part of what you get uh, thanks uh, everybody hey yachtrock.com uh, go buy some t-shirts with the jean meat buttons yeah and have fun have fun just Tardy. have fun in life man I really
0: like doing nicknames guys good yeah I really I love hearing the nicknames I giggle like, when I read them okay here we go Number five, it's Cyndi Lauper again, Uh, with an important message for both boys and girls. And that is, girls just want to have fun. So girls have fun, and boys quit trying to wife them up. Uh, Sorry. Uh, This is off She's So Unusual from
3: 1983. God, I love
0: Cyndi Lauper. What's not to love? Well, quit trying to wife her up, Dave. All right. Uh, yeah, go listen to the new op if you want uh, Cindy's background I'm going to focus on this song uh, Because it was huge uh, Well, first thing, it's a cover Did you guys know that? Absolutely yes. yeah.
1: Oh, but I didn't uh, <laughs> Yeah, I
0: was looking at it for Glam Undercover
1: Yeah, one might argue it's a Glam Undercover but No, not. it's a cover of a Glam Undercover Let's keep it straight.
2: Oh yeah, glam yes. undercovers are the songs that are covered <laughs> Whatever. for bigger hits later. Yeah. But listen, it's
0: not really a glam—a cover of a glam undercover. Uh, it's by Philadelphia musician Robert Hazard from 1982, who was super new wavy, but you can hear a little bit of Roxy music in it. Um, but here's the thing: his version sounded nothing like the, uh, this feminist feminist anthem that Cindy turned it into, mostly due to uh, her changing the lyrics to speak from her point of view. Uh,
2: Kind of like when Aretha Franklin
0: covered Otis Redding's Respect. Sure, just like that. Uh, It reached number two on the charts and uh, garnered Grammy nominations for Record of the Year and Best Female Pop Vocals, um, and was a huge hit on MTV. Um, The video introduced Captain Lou Albano uh, as a character of her father, and then she went on to do the rock and wrestling stuff with Wendy Richter. Uh, and uh, with shows on MTV And uh, you know what uh, And she was also involved in the first Wrestlemania And as we're recording this right now Wrestlemania is happening right now
1: Congratulations wrestlers everywhere Yes
0: And and women's wrestlers uh, They've actually in the past few years Have had amazing matches And back then they were doing it And then there was a big 30 year period Of a lot of like not caring Anyways um,
1: Hey what else can we say about oh, this? well, this was an important song in the 80s, when everybody was still working to free women from their status as housewives, bound to wive the home of men and children everywhere. Today, it's well established that girls just want to have fun, so we need to start a movement to let people know that women just want the same healthy work-slash-personal life balance that men enjoy. Yeah, but unfortunately,
2: as I was saying earlier, our predatory capitalist economy makes it harder and harder for anyone to enjoy a reasonable work-life balance. So it's no surprise that when a girl's working day is done, she wants nothing more than to collapsed on the couch with a glass of wine and her favorite TV shows. Right? Hey, That's wait, incredible And Sunday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, we wanted yeah. the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, we're all doing a TV party. Do
3: you uh, guys remember the movie of the same name? Some girls were sneaking out to be on a dance show. I think it was uh, the mule Face lady that uh, married the, uh, the guy that was uh, acquitted of vehicular manslaughter.
1: Yeah, my wife's a fan of that movie. It was a yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker film. yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> I wonder how it would hold up. You want to have a TV party and find
1: out? Yep. Listen,
0: okay. I, I, know, I won't, I won't uh, go into this too much, but there's you know, a great chant at the end that really brings the part test together. The first part is very singular from her own experience, which is, there's nothing wrong with that because it brings it into context for the rest of it and then you bring the group together and you can all chant and,
1: and demand for, for, to have some fun. I also like the sassy bloops and bleeps at the end of the song. I think I think that's the sound of girls having fun.
2: yeah, it sounds like keyboards yeah <laughs>
1: A Desmond Jones band show sounds like a real treat <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> so see it take, remem- some, take re- some heroin before you go remember 426 in Toronto and New York uh, <laughs> So, finally, we got something from the Airhead soundtrack, oh, everybody. Oh, my God. Uh, but seriously, this is the first time I heard this song. We want the airwaves by the Ramones. And also, my first real introduction to Lenny. Uh, Len- Lenny. Lemmy. But that's another uh, story. Uh, this was originally off their 1981 album, Pleasant Dreams, uh, which was really the beginning of the wilderness period for the Ramones, uh, as that they really couldn't ever settle on a modern post-70s sound. Um, but I really like the album. We
3: want the
1: how uh, you can
0: tell it's a great album? Uh, the,
1: it's by the Ramones? Yep. Uh, got, uh, the song has the, the dour vibe of a Russian laborer dirge, like the song of the Volga Boatman. Like, it's a song they sing for solidarity to mourn the hard labor they have to do, but at the same time inspire the str- for the strength to carry on. Uh, that, that boat song goes, Yo, yo-ho-heave-ho, yo-ho-heave-ho. So it's got that repeatable chant that works so well in partet. But in this case, it's Work Test. That's Russians for you. Work <laughs> Test, we want to work more. That is, that's Russians for you. Uh, but in the case of uh, the Ramones- Scrabble life in that country. <laughs> yeah. In the case of the Ramones, this song- of the is, oligarchs. Um, this song's also a dour worker song, but instead of river laborers, it's rock and rollers. Our burdens are hard, my brothers. Let us continue to sludge through this never-ending string of rock songs. Keep your eyes on why we do this. It's for the airwaves. Yes. That's exactly the
3: point of this song. They were pissed that they were responsible for all the punk sounding bands that followed us, and they wanted their songs to be played on video
0: yeah.
1: too. They were going to save rock and roll. They could see its death coming. I sound so, a little bit like us, like the, us, the original Yacht Rock guys, except we're butt hurt by 45 year old dudes who dress in costumes and play soft <laughs> rock on stage. <laughs> I'm
2: very excited that you compared us to the Ramones. Th- does that mean my name is now Stevie Yacht? Or, yep. you know, yeah, Dude Yeah, uh, Davy Yacht.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so I'm already
3: Davy Karate I'll take another
0: one. So on this on this album, I'll, I'll go really quick. Uh, they want the Romans wanted Steve Lillywhite to produce, uh, but Sire forced them to go with Graham Gouldman. Goldman, Goldman from the band Ten CC. It makes no sense to me. It's a terrible decision. Uh, you know, the band was fighting uh, all this disharmony. Um, and this is the first one that each song was credited to an individual member rather than uh, uh, than the the group collective. And uh, yeah, I already said this is the first album. Uh, this particular song is written by Joey, who always had that. Uh, 60s pop sensitivity so demanding revolution was in his blood but it also uh has a different hard rock bend to it that really hadn't heard from the ramones that was johnny uh so while th- those two couldn't see eye to eye they got to together to form a hell of a part test song uh this demanding the airwaves to keep rock and roll alive again a substitute for parting it's chant, it's chantable and a call and responsible
2: it sounds like they're trying for like a new wave radio hit there. Like The guitars are very toned down from what you expect yeah. from the Ramones, and the production is very clean. It might kind of fit in Dave's uh, carjackers Ooh. genre of, if, of um, if there was a robot.
3: predominant keyboard. Uh, yeah,
0: you're right. It doesn't have that. But that's a good point. I think you could find a carjacker out of Ramones' album,
1: though, because they did start using yeah. keyboards. Keep looking.
3: And Joe and Rick Kasich have uh, somewhat similar sounding voices.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they're, and they're both weirdly tall and ugly.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oof. Sounds like these guys are trying to break up the power test. <laughs> like these are the jazz
1: police. Yeah, this, this is what the fucking police play. Now really I know loud. what the jazz police means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, uh, this is Kiss. Shit, I missed my cue because I was going to try to get. Start this over. I'm try- I, wanna t- I try to time this. Okay, this is Kiss with I Love It Loud. Never once leave money making trends on the table. They made a part test song with this spectacular open.
1: You went two or three foot. No, nope. back it up, try it again. Uh-uh, that's all good. That's fine. Yeah, this is a great call and response chant. It is. Hey, yeah. Right, Steve? Uh uh-huh. that's
0: great uh so kiss 1982 creatures of the night kiss eric the fox car kiss benny the ankh warrior vincent kiss well according to the album cover it's not ace freely is on there uh but but what about like the actual release uh wait (laughs) but what about the I don't know Uh, oh what about the re-release the re-release a few a couple years later was Bruce Cullick was on there but no Vinnie Vincent was the guitarist on the album and it makes no sense he even wrote this song uh, and every now and then and then you can find a bootleg of this album on eBay with Vinnie Vincent properly airbrushed over Ace Freely oh fascinating
3: that was
0: (laughs) thanks Dave uh and uh and Owen, oh, and before anyone asks, no, Creatures of the Night is not a Yacht Rock
2: song, just because Mike <laughs> Parcaro played bass on it. It's it's good that we're starting to preempt
1: these sorts of things. Um, like most Kiss songs, this part test starts out clear, strong, and focused, and then slowly disperses as Gene Simmons has to go figure out how to make the most money possible from this. And and like most Kiss songs,
2: it has a great hook that the band never bothers to develop any further or switch up at all. <laughs> they just repeat it over and over again, fifty times with no variation. Like when "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" was a big hit, so ABC decided to put it on every night of the week, and everyone got sick of it. I assume I assume that when Kiss writes songs like this, they're figuring eh, it'll sound fine in concert. There'll be a bunch of explosions. Everyone will be drunk and high. It doesn't matter. You know, sort of like what we what we did with Yacht Rock episode 12. hey <laughs> That
1: was a really good episode. <laughs> eh, nobody understands it. Okay. I do. All right,
2: guys. Because we'll I'm the, smart. Let's we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I guess
1: nobody else is smart. Uh, no, nobody cool. else I in the world. I wanted a where it stinks, so I drove to the
0: script of Yacht Rock 12. Uh. Hey, you guys are harsh in my mellow. <laughs> Sorry. Right? We no, talked uh, about par test. Everything you described, Steve, may not work on every song, but when it comes to a part test song, that's a great formula. Uh, it's a simple song, great call and response in the open. They don't want compromise. They are two-fisting till the end. They're not going to take it, and they want to be president. That's what I call a part test <laughs> right there, folks. Just like President R. Kelly yeah. from uh, Rex. Yeah. yeah
3: there's better options for us. I'd love to see all the members that could just run for president together or at least watch a movie about it should write a movie called President KISS. Yeah, President KISS sounds like a really good movie.
1: <laughs> oh, this is my favorite part of the song here where it fades out, but the song is not over. It's going to slowly fade back in yeah. like, oh, wait, we took the par test down the wrong street. Here it comes. The building we were par testing is over here. Let's really show them. Here we go. And then here it comes. It immediately starts fading. And then once it comes back... Oh, and It's coming hey, back. Hey, the song's over, oh, the everybody! Song's over. everybody go yeah. home, it's a, it's, uh, it's Hey, oh, hey, lap, oh, hey what's that? Oh, it's coming back. Hey, oh, the part oh. test is coming back around the block. But as soon as this reaches maximum uh, volume, it starts to fade out again. It's just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> kind of yeah. like a quiet, actually. Uh, no yeah, joke.
0: That's what's called a victory lap. Yeah. But no joke, they stole this from the Beatles. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> they did. <laughs> They're like, let's do that thing the Beatles did. Okay. <laughs> let's do it on this one because we need to <laughs> fill some time.
0: This is our most
3: Beatles esque song.
0: Of course. Uh, so, uh, speaking of not taking it, which is totally what Kiss stole from, uh, uh, they aren't gonna. And by they, I mean Twisted Sister with We're Not Gonna Take It from 1984. Stay Hungry. Uh, So this is, I would say, the most anthemic and iconic part-test song. Uh, But admittedly, this doesn't scream party. Uh, It's almost too vague, which I think is by design. Uh, Dee Snyder always seemed like a shrewd capitalist to me uh, who doesn't party. So so he's like, I'll make a song that could be about... I mean, implied partying, but could really be about anything. Yeah. And yeah,
1: what exactly is it? You know, it could be it could be racism, it? unsafe labor conditions, a vitamin, anything. But when you look at D. Snyder and his crew in this era, you realize, oh yeah, they're totally talking about not being allowed to party. Well, I, I'm going to jump ahead. Uh, we, we can go backwards, but I want just want to
0: I want to talk about what it is. You really have to reference the music video. Uh, you remember this whole era was very much based on on the MTV. Uh, songs were almost secondary especially on the radio. Uh, so if you look at the video, it starts with a kid rocking out to I Wanna Rock, itself a part test song, and reintroduces actor Mark Metcalf, who played authoritarian flunky Doug Niedermeyer in Animal House, um, and uh, who also played a shitty teacher in I Wanna Rock. Uh, but here he's a shitty dad. In both video, he asks, what do you want to do with your life? And they respond with, I wanna rock! Rock! <laughs> uh, so, in its original instance, the it they are talking about is not rocking. Currently, though, I'm sure it means not having a clean kitchen floor or a comfortable bra. Uh, I'm not sure who owns the rights of the song at the moment. Uh, I think
3: it's just a simple anti-authority song. We're not going to take your straight up Mr. Normal Ways. We're going to be kids and have fun, said 30-year-old Dean Snyder at this point. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It was thirty. I was thinking, how old was he? Because he's always looked old. Yeah, like yeah. he was thirty. So that it's makes partly the sense. makeup. I, I'm sure. No, I mean it's what's under the makeup is an old man face. Yeah. Here, here, here's a really shitty guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so this Twisted is, Sister, this is like the worst. Uh, we're, 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 wow. we're, we're, Did I use that, like used that cool.
2: whammy bar to disguise the fact that you can't? Oh, now they're harmonizing this <laughs> shitty guitar <laughs> yeah. solo. Um, sounds a little bit like "Oh, come All Ye Faithful
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is really just a a, a moment where they could, uh, where they could like do some wacky in their music video. Uh, so, Twisted Sister always seemed like a made up band to me. Like a producer said, "Hey." We need to play not-so-heavy metal and look like the New York Dolls. Um, And I looked it up, and by the time uh, D, a.k.a. Danny Snyder, had joined the band, they were on their sixth iteration. Uh, The official lineup consisted of founder and guitarist J.J. French, D, uh, guitarist Eddie Ojeda, uh, bassist Mark Mendoza, and drummer A.J. Perro. Stay Hungry was their big hit. Fun fact, Metallica was the opening band for this tour. It is a fun fact. Uh, yeah, an- there's a pretty decent documentary about him on Netflix. Of course uh, there is. How much do you have pay
3: for They were like a known tri-state area local band in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. And they were getting like 700 to 1,000 people at every show, but they weren't filling arenas until this song, and then it all blew up. Did more. you watch the documentary, Dave?
0: Yeah, it was good. Okay, I read this, and I didn't include it in... And my, my spiel on them. But I read that they used to like go and not play their songs and just rap with the audience about stuff.
1: Oh, I bet D. Snyder would
0: do that. He's such a windbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did they talk about that in the documentary? I don't
3: I don't re- I don't remember that in the documentary, but I saw it a couple years ago.
1: You know who else talks too much to the audience? Fucking Kevin what's his name? Kevin Cornyn from Rio Speedwagon? Cronin. Cronin? Cronin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fuck that yeah. guy, man. He talks too much. Band's not even that good anymore. <laughs>
0: feel like we're making good time on this episode. Yeah. 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 That's, that's
1: what we're going to do today. We have a lot to get through today. Yeah,
0: but also I want people to get out there and party. You know yeah. what I mean? All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. What you're thinking is the number one. It's uh, Fight for Your Right. It's, Of course it is. Uh, by the Beastie Boys. Uh, but I'd like to point something out. Uh, on this list, we have two hip hop acts, and both feature electric electric guitar, and thus rock. Remember, kids, partying and rocking go hand in hand, and electric guitar is a great way to rock. Uh, so apparently, this song was a goof on party uh testers like Twisted Sister and Motley Crue, and. Uh, and no one knew that. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one figured that out. Uh, this is apparently the same trapping as TV party, uh, but I like TV parties, and and I used to like regular parties. Uh, thus, my com- confirmation bias says you are telling me to part test. So careful with your jokes out there. Uh, besides bullshit, the, uh, the Beastie Boys partied, and uh, they were just ironic little shits who liked to goof on hair metal.
3: Well, the fact their whole rap career started out as a total goof. It's yeah. The ultimate irony: they were making fun of other bands. They were a punk band, and then they became the biggest rap band ever.
1: And then they were fucking rapping about Buddhist Vista, Buddhist, yeah. Buddhist <laughs> yeah. Buddhist Vista is something different. It's the view from the Buddhist temple. Yeah. <laughs> they are.
0: They tend to be up
2: high in the Tibetan yeah. in the Himalayas. <laughs> uh, I mean, Elvis. Elvis Presley's whole rock and roll career started out as a goop too. He was just like playing hepped up versions of like hillbilly and blues songs and then they sold like hotcakes yeah because that's, this is what america's all about it's using your constitutionally guaranteed right to fuck around like a bunch of assholes until you stumble onto something awesome and that's easy to do when you're young not so much once you're older thanks to the lack of work-life balance under modern day capitalism and, and honestly i would say a lot of the best art starts as a goof Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're playing.
0: Yeah, You're just playing. Yeah, and you're making fun of modern society. That's Mm -hmm. a changing modern society
1: in in a way. Shonda Rhimes' excellent show Scandal? It's a goof. Total fuck around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So I guess Schindler's List? (laughs) Yeah. What if I made a black and white movie now? Blooper reel for Schindler's List. It's pretty amazing. uh,
0: I think the red in that movie was a goof. Yeah. And it just turned out to be the most iconic part. Uh, I guess, so I guess MCA admitted that they ended ended up acting like the frat boys that they set out to parody and became their own joke. I get that. testing made them huge stars. It's an easy trap to fall into. Just like making this dumb list turned me into a heroin addict. <laughs> yeah, you were trying to do it
2: ironically, but it turns out yeah. you get addicted to it anyway. Yeah.
0: So while the Beastie Boys quit playing this song in 1987 uh, because it wasn't true to their real sound, I'm never quitting heroin. No,
1: You uh, shouldn't. Yeah, really. not till the day you die. Uh, fun fact: This is the video for this song was the first thing JD Riznar ever recorded on a VCR. It was Easter in 1986. I was eight years old, and I got a blank videotape in my Easter basket and i go and re- go on record lots of game shows on that tape the following summer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that
1: is a fun fact. Do you
0: still have
3: them? Maybe that could be our TV party.
1: I don't think i have them anymore. Oh man. Um,
3: Great to back and watch the commercials.
1: Uh, we, uh, oh we, 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 yeah i yeah, might as, as well fuck it. We got more to say. Fuck it. Um i just want i also want to say that uh this video was a nightmare for good boys <laughs> like me because it was about nice fellows left alone with their parents trust and then some bad boys come over and they ruin their houses. That's yeah. scary to I,
3: me. I used I to have dreams... I what a porno mag was from this song, but I had to have it explained to me by an older
2: kid. Yeah, current current millennial teenagers can also learn what a porno mag is
1: from this song. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why is it on paper? Uh, Why isn't it moving? <laughs> mag must have been the old .com. Yeah. M-A-G. Uh, I got. I have a uh, couple fun facts. Uh,
0: one uh, just came up right before you were ready to... Uh, to uh, record this episode, apparently my VCR currently is on the fritz. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, my wife sent me a text asking me if, if there was anything I should do about it. And I was bringing that back Wait. to your VCR, your yeah. DVR? No, no VCR. <laughs> <laughs> are you, Hotter, Are
3: you taping WrestleMania right
0: now? Uh, may- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently, it's on the fritz. Who knows? Uh, Who knew? Uh, Also, another real fun fact. Apparently, Cary King of Slayer did the guitar solo on this song also. I mentioned before that he was credited on No Sleep Till Brooklyn um, in the Try and Raps and Laughs episode, but this is also him, and I'm pretty sure he's uncredited as far as I know.
2: I I never would have placed that because Cary King's solos are much, much harder to play than this one normally. I don't think he got paid that much. Good show, good <laughs> hey. show, Hunter. Hey. Uh, Which
3: what... the solo is more or less difficult based on what he was paid?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you pay him a good fee, you're gonna get all the string. Wow! <laughs> yeah, must have done their solo pro bono. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so what did make the list? Oh, I'll go first. Uh, down at McDonald's by Electric Six from their album, I Shall Exterminate Everything Around Me That Restricts Me From Being the Master. <laughs> I love uh, the Electric Six. That is the best. Uh, it's, it's like a party sit in part test at McDonald's with a Z so not to attract copyright yeah, ire. Totally different <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> and it's, the lyrics are now everybody's down to McDonald's, they're down with Ronald McDonald. And now they're hitting the bottle, and everybody, cool! It's great. And there's another choice lyric from The Bridge. The leader's gonna make you party, preventing you from departing. The leader is the party. The party is the leader's mind. Whoa! Yeah, it's like some yeah. Scientology a- party is, in there. It, it's almost like if the if the par testers win, what their government will look yeah, like. Yeah, they're actually yeah. <laughs> they listen to these songs. They know
0: these songs, mm-hmm. and they're creating a fictional reality where this like took over.
3: Right. Dave, I went with uh, we're not gonna take it by the who. Whoa! <laughs> the manager, Tommy. Is trying to get people to conform to his Christ-like teachings, and even hires his creepy Uncle Ernie to lead the blind and deaf. And the crowd fights back. They want to drink, smoke, and fuss, and Tommy is telling them not to do it. You know what? They didn't take it. They raped him. At least they did in my live performance.
2: <laughs> Steve. Uh, I, I know we used Andrew WK in the intro segment. Oh, he's I, the best but, at it. But I can't fathom how how in the living shitting fuck is Party Hard not on here? It has the calls and responses and everything. It's so great because I wanted somebody to bring it up at the end. Hey,
3: Steve, oh, like, like Party in the USA by Katy Perry.
0: Here's the thing. That's Miley Cyrus, Dave. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I, I I chose We Want Fun because it used the we. Okay, mm-hmm. and he then wanting something, and so it was right on the top. Where, whereas party hard, you kind of have to get into it a little bit more, and I didn't want to get into it. And I was really looking at the golden era. I wasn't looking at like the the sort of people who learned the students of the golden era.
1: I see. I've I've learned something else about David's bad facts today. <laughs> okay. None of Dave's facts is anything he's had to say. They always happen when he tries to sound like a smart guy who knows something. The
2: first time yeah, he's actually saying it out it's loud. It's when oh. he's improvising dialogue.
1: They're always optional. He never has to go that far. He could have just said like that song "Party in the USA," but he had to be a hot shot and name the artist. And that's where you go wrong, Dave.
3: Yeah, I really thought it was Katy Perry, but honestly, you could play Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus back and forth. I mean, I couldn't pick out which was which. Because I don't listen to them, and
2: I... And knowing that, you still, still said there. the name. I assumed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and remember, Dave, Hanoi Rocks, Saigon Kicks. It's, you know, it's a sentence. It's the, the, the name of well, the band it is t- Saigon Kicks. It doesn't, kick. doesn't matter.
1: Uh,
3: Steve, <laughs> yeah, do you want that, to read... That
1: one, that one was an honest mistake.
2: Was it Razzle? Is that his Nicholas name? Nicholas Razzle Dingley, Razzle, drummer yeah, of Hanoi drummer, Rocks, yeah. yes.
1: Oh, Steve, next, next week, what do we got? Uh,
2: next week, uh, I'll be walking us through the best Photown songs. Not
1: Motown, but FoTown. Oh, that sounds really good. Hey, how it's going to be great. How about you read the credits because you have such a great genre idea? Oh, that...
0: And I threw my paper, so I can't do it.
2: <laughs> I will do that. Uh, find this week's Partest Songs playlist by following J.D. Riznar on Spotify. Go to Yachtrock.com to buy t-shirts. Check out the Yatsky Scale spreadsheet and read the Captain's Blog and buy t-shirts. I said that a second time. Send questions via Twitter at YatRock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat. So please take the time today to write us a review. Thanks to Desmond Jones Band for sending in the bumpers. Themes by Rob Crow and Mark
1: Rivers. Recorded today by Matt Brousseau, the Bruce. Hey, thanks to the whole Feral. Thanks to the whole Feral Audio family, everybody. Everybody there, and yes. check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com Alo- Aloha, Dave. You know, guys, I forgot.
2: Aloha,
3: it also means goodbye.
1: That's why I said it, Dave. I know that. <laughs> I also forgot Mahalo. to mention.
0: I forgot to mention that when you have when you talk about the part test songs, mm-hmm. it also helps if you pronounce party parte. <laughs> okay, so do that.
1: That's what they're fighting for. Hot goodbye. tip. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah